Thank you, Mark. That was in the garden with the Master Gardeners. This is Galley Girl at 88.9 FM. Just jumping in. I'm in your kitchen. Here we are, Thursday morning. Have an awesome guest today that I'm really excited about. Just getting set up here. I just want to give the disclaimer that the opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of UCI or its Board of Regents. And again, we're live stream at... KUCI.org. This is 88.9 FM. Today I have a guest. David C. Mao is an OC Weekly food columnist for the venerable Stick of Fork in it. A chef, both in the high Sierras and down here at sea level. A gloveless bartender, a freelance food photographer, a restaurant insider, and a sought after industry expert. Dave, welcome to Home Plate. Hey, Kelly. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good. I just uh, stepped away uh, for a few moments to speak with you here. A little bit of noise. I'm, I'm on set today, so uh, it's a little bit loud back here. You sound fantastic. It's cl- clear as a gin and tonic. Very, very nice. I like to hear that. I like to hear that. Yes. So are you shooting some food this morning? What are you, what are you doing just in general uh, we're shoot, terms. We're shooting some desserts and sandwiches for some uh, hand menu content. So, um, Fantastic. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, is it all ready, ready for its close-up? Is yes, it is ready for its <laughs> close-up. Have, I, have, I have a great team, actually. My food stylist is fantastic. And uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're getting it done today for sure. Now, does the food ever get uh, Act Diva-like on the set? Or is it all... <laughs> it's got to be hard to... You know, it can be unruly at times, right? Things aren't looking just right, and you have to get the stylist in there. And... It, it's, a, it's you know, I, I, I literally have spent three and a half hours shooting a salad, you know what I mean? Because you can't yeah. get it right, and it starts falling apart. And uh, Yeah, it's it's kind of... It's a much more complex beast than uh, than I certainly anticipated when I got into the this side of the business, and it, it, it never ceases to amaze me. Absolutely. Some of that curly endive can really be off the cuff there and getting a little unruly and getting the money shot out. It's Absolutely. Well, I think the I think the funny part is is as a you know, a kid who grew up kind of rough and tumble up in the nine oh nine, some of the things that come out of my mouth at times, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm really not buying that radicchio there. It's just not working. you know, I'm like, Did I really say that out loud? So Yeah. Well, I appreciate you cleaning it up for the FCC. It's not for me. I'm I'm all good with the potty mouth. We just got to make sure we're okay. But I know you do some radio, so it's perfect. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So I want to get right into your awesome piece for the OC Weekly about comfort animals. Uh, people trying to pass off their comfort animals, meaning like, a, you know, a, a purse pooch or whatever, as a legitimate service dog. Um, you call people out for bringing their pets into restaurants, uh, places where you and I work and a lot of our friends. Um, there was quite a comment st- stream on this one. May I read a touch from the piece? Because I just love it. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Please do. Fantastic. Again, this is uh, quoted right out of your article. And it's, uh, it's from Stick a Fork in It, where you are a columnist. Mm-hmm. And you start off with a little disclaimer about the fact that you love animals. You have your own dog, and he's pictured in the article. He's adorable, by the way. Thank you. Little well, rascal. Pretty cute. He actually could be a purse uh, pooch if you had like a man, a man <laughs> purse Absolutely, type man of thing. Bag. Yeah, because he's not big or anything, you know. Um, but anyway, you and you start off with a disclaimer, also saying, you know, those of us who work in restaurants aren't here to complain because we chose the job. So you're definitely not ranting about that. 
We chose the job dealing with the public, so forth. But you do you start then saying, however, the latest in customer craziness has taken an absurd new turn. People bringing their dogs into restaurants as service animals, quotations. Even though Fido is clearly about as much of a service animal as I am an astronaut or Buddhist priest, we are seeing it more and more. The guest who brings in their prized Pomeranian or award-winning poodle to sit with them for a meal. The punchline is, drumroll, we can't even ask. It's a classic example of government regulations gone horribly awry. Healthcare privacy laws preventing us from shaming someone because they have an animal in our shop. There's a big difference between shaming someone and holding them accountable to behave like a rational human being. The kicker is, even if we could query them about the therapeutic legitimacy of the suspect, suspect creature, there are a ton of online sites that will certify your pet, insert species here, as a service animal. And one last little graph here, just because I love it. Whoa, wait a minute. Before you start hating me, listen up. I'm not, a, I'm not talking about people that legitimately need an animal to see or hear for them or maybe just maybe to help manage an anxiety disorder. I even hear there are dogs trained that can sense insulin levels. That's fine. What I'm talking about here are people who just can't bear to be away from their pooch poochie-woochie for a few minutes while they enjoy ceviche and a glass of wine at Las Brisas. And I get your dog may or, not be, may or may not be as germ-free as the clean room at Lockheed Martin, but it's way more likely he spent the day sniffing other dogs' rectums and eating clay-covered cat feces out of the litter box like it's almond roca. Thank you for that, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> I, I love it. Now, Let's talk. What 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 kind of backlash? What kind of great uh, commentary did you get after afterward? I read quite a few. Well, it was certainly certainly uh, uh, probably my most. Uh, I don't want to say divisive. It sounds like I'm making it a political issue, but people yeah. people had strong opinions on either side, and there wasn't really much sure. in the middle. Sure, uh, kind of what I noticed about it. So, um, and I think it, it it plays. It's not so much. I mean, I don't mind animals in restaurants necessarily uh certainly on the patios it doesn't bother me but i think it right. i think it plays to a, a broader societal issue that that you know if you don't like the rules then you have the right to lie and um yeah it's just how it is i don't like carrying a driver's license but that's just the reality of things i have to carry a driver's license it's part of the deal it's part of the privilege yeah. right absolutely absolutely yeah I liked that, and I, I had just, when I read that, it was so timely, I had just spent Valentine's Day, and I was running food uh, for someone else, and I brought it out. We have a patio, and dogs are allowed on the patio. <clears throat> However, I brought two orders of Hudson Valley foie gras out, and it was just, it's so beautifully done, and I served it on the table, and a little dog popped up on the bench, not on the ground, um, and the lady started hand-feeding this mattery eyed little uh, <laughs> with me. her hands and putting it into the dog's mouth and I was just thinking about the next people that might might be sitting at that table and it's just giving me the creeps I Absolutely. you know I, it's, I'm it's sorry certainly, it's a lot of entitlement when you can feed your dog that you know what I mean no joke it was yeah. uh, a yeah you know, thirty five ninety five for a pop there yeah yeah, yeah. no it's, uh, we I have uh, one of the cooks at uh, at the restaurant that I work at uh, works at a uh, high-end pet food place down on the peninsula somewhere mm-hmm. and he's just he comes in shaking his head all the time he's like oh, these people are they're paying 60 bucks for lunch for their dogs i'm like yeah it doesn't wow. make any sense to me either i haven't had a lunch that price in quite a bit of time yeah, yeah, myself. No, it's pretty amazing pretty amazing yeah. yeah now what was the the just to get out that to clo- have some closure with the service dog piece um now 
Was there some question as to what restaurateurs can ask when they're confronted, when they walk in the... Because a lot of times if someone just comes in and they've got a zip-up stroller with a purse pooch in it, you don't even kind of know what to say at that point. You're kind of looking in to see if it's a kid or a dog. Yeah, absolutely, and, you know absolutely. I mean? And I, I think the, you know, there's some people posted some comments with some links to some federal regulations. And, you know, I guess you, you can't ask what they need the dog for, but you can ask what service the dog provides. Okay. Uh, that would but be but I think the, the long and short of it is when push comes to shove, uh, you know, people are just going to pull the pull the you know you can't question me card, and and that's kind of the end of it. So sure, I, I just I feel a little bad, kind of going back to your piece, you, another piece you wrote on restaurants twenty years ago versus today in Orange County. Um, you know, you had your SIDS back then. You had your strong proprietors that were like, you know, no no salt for you, no no whatever. I remember Absolutely. I remember Absolutely. it well, and it was there was no mo- there was no modifications. It wasn't even politely declined <laughs> like nowadays. Absolutely. It was just no. And, and my first restaurant that I opened on the Orange Circle, yeah. Uh, you know, I had to fight tooth and nail with uh, with the the investors and my business partner to have salt and pepper on the on the table. I was like, no, we're not. I don't have ketchup. I don't have salt and pepper. This is how it works. Yeah. Uh, so I finally crumbled on the salt and pepper, but I didn't serve French fries, so it was no ketchup. But people still ask me all the time. Right. Yep. Where I work, uh, everybody wants ranch, and our chefs like I won't even tell you what he says when we say this guy wants ranch. I I'll often say it just to see what he says, but um, we don't serve Hidden Valley or any other kind of ranch, <laughs> you know. Absolutely, and it's absolutely. not going to happen. People got to get over their branded condiments and like move out of the box and try something that someone actually made it's really nice absolutely and, and i make homemade ranch at home all the time i'm not embarrassed by it i'm just not going to pour it out of a packet into a jar of mayonnaise right <laughs> exactly so it was it's a little sad for me to also see those changes where you had stronger proprietors that said look i'm i'm right because i spent my life you know learning this craft so i want you to try what i'm providing and now you have on the the extreme end, restaurateurs that are a little more uh, they're that are fearful of customer backlash for whatever people want, either modifications or bringing a pet in or whatever. And but there are those nowadays, like a Jason, the Jason Quins who are coming across, and yourself saying, "Look, you don't have to like it, but this is what I'm doing in in this space. Can you try it? Just the way we absolutely. Have it? One of my my. A dear friend of mine, Cody Requejo, he's actually currently on a project up in Venice. Uh, and he, had, he and I had a restaurant at uh, the Spot South Coast for a few years, a retreat. It was the first time either one of us had gotten a, uh, any kind of press, and it certainly helped launch my writing career. But uh, he would get all the time. He's a great sushi chef, um, but he just, you know, he's not going to put eel sauce on his seared <laughs> albacore that he just had flowing in the morning. You know, it's not going to happen. And he just would lose his noodle when when people would be like, can you get some eel sauce on this? He's like, no, that, that just came in from Japan today. Like, you're crazy. I'm not giving you eel sauce. Okay, then how about a side of Philly cream cheese on that? <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I mean, where do you draw the line? And even as a, Ugh. you know, even as a as a uh, current bartender, I, I had someone, they just called me out on Yelp because I wouldn't make them uh, liquid cocaine shots at the bar. And it's like, we are, we're, we're not yeah. a craft cocktail bar. I'm not buying into that. But yeah. we're, a, we're a whiskey joint. We make a good cocktail. And uh, I'm like, hey, we just don't do that. I'll make you Washington Apple shots, but there's just a few of the party shots that we don't do. And, and that's and, one and, of them. And that's one of them. This is how, how it works at the shop. And they just got really super indignant and, like, literally called me out on Yelp yeah, by name and by appearance. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I mean, this is a, like Lake Havasu is three and a half hours away, and it's not spring break. I apologize. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Or Topak, right? Yeah, oh my exactly gosh. Right. We just I just had a request for liquid cocaine shots around as well. In in where I work and it's a lot a lot different from where you work, I think. Um just it is crazy though how people have an idea in their mind and if your establishment doesn't conform to that idea, they get really offended. It's almost I I'm having a tough time with it. Entitlement's been around for a long time, but this is a new breed where it's, you know, you're well, going to do think, it this I, way. I, I, I think I think entitlement in Orange County used to be reserved for, you know, the well-to-do, for lack of a better term. But I think it's it's become more of a uh, less financial entitlement, more personal entitlement. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not even going to play the millennial card or talk about generational differences no. in people, but. Um, but yeah, I think there's just more of the, uh, hey, I deserve to have it my way and how you feel about it doesn't matter. In the case of a restaurant, it's quite the opposite. I, I get to do whatever I want and I will do what I can to accommodate you, but, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a servant, you know, yeah. um, um, there's I'm, a fine I'm line not hired there. help. So. Yeah. There's a very fine line there. Yeah. That's funny. Well, Absolutely. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is coming. Speaking of bartenders, how, how do you? Yeah, absolutely, I'm feeling like that one is like the for for servers it might be or for for waiters might be the Valentine's Day is the heavier one for St. Patrick's Day. That's <laughs> this is this is all you, bud. How are you going to survive this now that you? I'm sure you've been through what twenty or thirty of these now. Uh, you know what? I actually uh, I have a very dear friend of mine who's uh, who's uh, a longtime Newport Beach resident, um, sort of. Uh, 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 I, don't, I don't know how to describe him, but just been around the block a while. This guy, his name is Sandbar. He used to pilot boats. He actually has a big, giant private party at his place, and I've been doing that for the past 10 or 12 years. So That sounds like uh, could be fun. I generally stay off the grid and do that party. It's 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 rookie night anyways on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. I, love, I love driving home on the 55 freeway at like 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night and northbound going home, and you just see these people like weaving across three lanes of traffic. Oh, God. I'm like, Really? It's early and you're that drunk. <laughs> that just does not make any sense to me at all. Amateur's night, just like uh, Valentine's Day is for dining, and it's all oh, deuces, right? The worst. God, oh, I goodness. hate it. Oh, <laughs> and that's, that's from someone who really loves the industry, or two people, right? Yeah, really absolutely. Uh, you know, Valentine's Day is just, uh, you know, it's, just, it's a hard one to get your head around sometimes. It's the weirdest stuff happens. You think it would be nice and mellow and everyone's in a good mood, but it seems to be hardly the case lately. Yeah. No kidding. Well, it's also, um, let's see, it's restaurant week. You know there's back-to-back restaurant weeks. How do you deal with that and where you work? Do they do something uh, you, for that? We uh, we don't do uh, restaurant week where I work in Costa Mesa. We used to have another location in Santa Ana where we uh, had restaurant, where we participated in restaurant week because uh, we you know, it would drive uh, business to sort of that, that area. But where the, the shop I'm at now, there's plenty of enough for traffic generally working around so we we opt out sometimes sometimes we jump in on it that's kind of nice to have the choice that sounds like they're doing really good absolutely absolutely yeah well you know while we're on that subject it's just you see a lot it's a strange mood but um i was just mentioning some of the things that i see people bringing their own of in rest in the restaurant i work in in the restaurant side not so much the bar but i'm sure you have your own in the bar like do you have people bring in ingredients and try to ask you to make things with them it's just bizarre to me (laughs) Not so much that, but, uh, you know, I think I did something, uh, uh, a piece of, uh, about a year and a half ago, you know, seven moves that'll tick off your bartender. Oh, uh, and, sweet. And certainly one of them is holding up your cell phone with a drink recipe on it. Go, can you make this? Oh, or my they'll, goodness. Or they'll, they'll bring the little, uh, the little uh, piece of cardboard that has a hole in it that goes over, like, the neck of a bottle, like a Malibu from the <laughs> store, and they'll bring that and be like, can you make me a Malibu goose? 
up or Stop whatever. It. I'm like the little like, bottleneck tag that has a cheesy recipe on it. They'll bring that in. Yeah, yeah, they'll bring that in. That's yeah, it's good pretty, stuff. Pretty embarrassing. Oh my goodness! Well, I was I was mentioning to you earlier that I've had I've seen alkaline water, Pete's, Starbucks, Tupperware's full of food, and a little caddy shilling uh, cayenne spice caddy put on the table. <laughs> Mind you, we serve all of these things, not those brands, but we serve them all. You pay for them. You know, we serve it to you. So it's always funny to me what people will bring in. Yeah, yeah. but we, you know, our place is, is a, a restaurant and bar, but we have some people that think we're just a bar and they're like walking the front door of the pizza. I'm like, hey, dude, we, we, <laughs> serve, we serve food here. Like, yeah. Listen, Sp- listen, Sp- Spicoli, get your pizza out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, when you say recipe and someone brings in the, the cocktail recipe, I just, we just had someone ask, they came up to me and said, hey, at, um, they of course held up their phone and said, at insert um, Irvine Company owned restaurant bar name here that they brought up. They make this really awesome cocktail. Can you guys, can you bring this to your bartender? He actually ha- dictated the ingredients, had me make it. I brought out this pristine cocktail that the bartender was nice enough to try to replicate with what we had. And then he said, oh, that doesn't taste like it does there. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's probably because they were using a house-made ginger syrup or something that you guys didn't have on hand anyways. But yeah, yeah. that's how it works. I love it when people uh, get all poopy about something, especially when you go out of your way to make something happen for them and it's still not good enough. But yeah, it's, it's like crazy. A, like I said in my piece, it's like, it's like gravity. You know what I mean? If you're a restaurant business, you just need to have a thick skin and deal with it. Sure, this is, this is part of our life. And it, it actually makes for some great writing fodder, as you've seen, which is fantastic. I, I literally, you know, I, I, I know we spoke earlier, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily do a lot of restaurant reviews. It's not my strong suit. Sure. Um, but, but I like, I love writing about restaurant culture. You know what I mean? I think, uh, I think restaurants have a spirit and an anime of their own and each one is different. And, um, you know, some are more anything can happen day than others. But, um, I think the, uh, I think the overall, uh, tone of a restaurant can be set and investigated and looked at and talked about and, um, I think I did a great piece on Restaurant Genovese in, uh, in my hometown of Orange. And, you know, it's a one of a kind kind of place. I was really, I was really thrilled and excited to tell their story. And, uh. and I like the story of restaurants as well as talking about restaurant culture. I can see that. It's, you're a strong writer and restaurant culture is a specialty. So I, I think it's fantastic that we have you because reviews are one thing, but this is a whole separate set. We're getting a little, little feedback there. Uh, so, restaurant culture is fantastic, and you do a great job with it. I'm happy to to see you doing so much for the weekly, and I hope they'll continue with you because that industry insider is just something that's that's lacking, and it's wonderful to have. Um, can you tell me about because this this whole restaurant deal has become part of your DNA in so many ways? What were some of your first experiences? What led you to love this culture and to live in it in so many different areas? Bartender, chef expert a food photographer uh high sierra's chef all these things uh you know my first job was actually uh at mcdonald's is that um, right back in the early 80s mm-hmm. uh and I, it's funny if someone was asking me if the food was was good back then and it actually was fairly decent it's much different than it's turned into now as far as yeah. uh, the product but yeah I've, I've been in the restaurant business on and off my whole life i uh, uh ended up getting a film degree so i worked in visual effects for a few years but still Bar, you know, bartended at Linda's Doll Hut and worked at Medieval yeah, Times right. still, and I've, I've never really stepped out of the industry completely. Um, and uh, you know, spent I spent my summers working up at the High Sierras up at uh, off the John Muir Trail 
and that's mm-hmm. given me a lot of culinary inspiration and definitely stuff that I've brought back down into into the flat. Uh, the, the restaurant that me and my friend Cody had at, at South Coast was uh, interesting. He was doing sushi, and I was doing Mediterranean food and cowboy cuisine, basically. And uh, it was where those worlds all kind of smashed together is where some real magic happened. How fun. And I... I you you told me that this is your twenty year anniversary coming up with the high Sierra's cooking up at the in the camp. Yeah, no, it's pretty wild. I can't believe it's it's low say- Where I'm at is just beautiful. It's spectacular. We cater to a lot of hikers doing the John Muir Trail and a lot of you know old crusty Fresno and Clovis cowboys and the whole, the whole scene <laughs> is really really cool. That sounds like too much fun. And can you say a few things, just a little, give me some tidbits about medieval times, because that just sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wore wore tights for a living, so yeah. It was uh, was an interesting place to work. It was uh, was a lot of fun. The schedule was really flexible. Uh, I was going to college at the time. Uh, But, you know, in in retrospect, I see a lot of uh, photographs of me that I would prefer not to get tagged on (laughs) on Facebook, but that's just the long and short of it. But it was a a cool place to work. I enjoyed it. You kind of have to just own that, though, right? It's all part of the... It's part and, of the you know, history you got now. Birds flying around, and you're serving tureens <laughs> of soup, and guys hitting each other with balsa wood swords and whatever. Like it's just, yeah, it's it's comedy. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Though actually, the weekly just did a video piece on it uh, about a month and a half or two two months ago that brought back a lot of memories. It was pretty it was pretty awesome. I enjoyed it. Oh, that's so cool! And you've been with the weekly since day one as well, which is so fun. I just yeah, want to. I was working at uh, Linda's Doll Hut for the launch party, and. Uh, I was like, "Oh, hey, the OC Weekly's coming to to uh, to Orange County," and uh, I certainly I've been writing for them since day one. But I've been part of the extended family, and Gustavo's been a, a great, uh, great uh, promoter of my work. He's wonderful, and it seems like you were just named an honorary Mexican by Gustavo, which is about <laughs> as legitimate as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll take it. I make a pretty, I pretty make a pretty darn nice chili Colorado. So, oh, that's good stuff. I just want to let listeners know that we're here talking. I forgot to idea sort of in the middle of the show. It's just flying by. But this is David C. Mao uh, at 88.9 FM KUCI. Dave is is just an iconic part of the Orange County dining restaurant bar scene. He's got his hand on a lot of different things. Love having him. And so just as we're drawing down on our time, about five minutes to go, I appreciate you taking your time out um, from yeah, no your worries. job. I just want to know kind of what is new and what we might look ahead to see you doing. Are you doing anything that we should know about coming up with the weekly or just some different pieces, the normal stick, uh, stick fork I'm, I'm working on a couple different pieces. Um, uh, the next one's going to be uh, the uh, seven different uh, OC bartender archetypes, uh, which is <laughs> awesome. going to be kind of funny. You know, the dive bartender and, yeah. you know, the burnout and the hard ass. <laughs> and, uh, this could be the next one. And then, uh, actually, I think I'm going to uh, take a little drive up to the Central Valley and do a... Uh, a piece on Basque food and Basque history in, in Fresno and Bakersfield. Oh, that's um, cool. And, uh, and definitely, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting my first book out there. I think that's going to be going to be on the radar here very shortly. You know, you're going to join a lot of weeklyites. As you know, there are so many published authors at the weekly, past and present. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. I, I f- count myself so lucky to have been a part of that uh, Well, the, 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 the talent pool is there and and the the culture's just right. You know, I've been approached by other Orange County publications and newspapers, actually some quite large ones, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they've either asked me to tone down my rhetoric or, uh, you know, 
otherwise kind of to control some of my content. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm not going to pull my punches. You know, I am who I am. If someone's a douchebag, I'm going to call them out. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Orange County is filled with, uh, well, I'll try to stay off the ramp, but Orange County is, is uh, filled with, you know, one-dimensional restaurateurs that are just yeah. interested in making a buck. And, uh, and I, you know, I will, I will absolutely... Unrepentantly call them out on it. Sure. It's an excellent uh, place for more fodder for your book here. And I look forward to having you on. Uh, I will keep apprised and keep apprised of the publication date and see see, uh, when we can look forward to having you on for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So exciting. You know know me, I'm I'm all about chatting. I love it. I like making friends. I like making friends. Love to talk shop with you, David Mao. Thank you so much for being on Home Plate. No worries. I'm going to go uh, rush back. And I know you got to run back. Do yes. my job. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. We'll catch you soon. And thanks so much for taking the time. You got it, Kelly. Okay. Take it easy. And that, my friends, was David Mao. He is a bartender, a High Sierras chef. It's his 20th year working in the High Sierras. So you can get something besides freeze-dried eggs to put down the hatch when you're on those hiking trips. He also works down here as a chef and has his hand in many, many restaurant uh, ventures as, you know, I'd say just an industry insider all around. Honorary Mexican, as knighted by Gustavo Arellano from OC Weekly. He is an OC Weekly columnist for Stick of Fork in It as their uh, restaurant insider. And he's a bartender, a gloveless bartender, I might add, as that law was passed, uh, somehow requiring bartenders to wear gloves. And I don't know many who do because it's ridiculous. But um, anyway, and his latest piece on comfort animals over at ocweekly.com is priceless. That's David Mel. And this is Galley Girl at 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm just getting ready to sign off and get our Batcave friends in here to bring you some great music. Thank you so much for listening in, and we're going to catch you next week at the same time. Thanks for tuning in, 88.9 FM, Andrew Irvine.